P-A-I-N, period, and also a six-game losing streak. Oh boy, we've been in this position before, and it's just as worse as the last time. We have a lot to talk about in this episode, and in fact, we have so much to talk about that I'm going to need some help dissecting this, so Michael of Locked on Leafs is joining the show for a crossover. There's a whole lot to discuss. He's happy. I'm not. Let's buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked on Devils podcast here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And what more can I say, guys? The Devils are on a six-game losing streak, entering a break. Huh, deja vu, because we were in the same exact position before Christmas break, and now here we are entering the All-Star break, and we're on a six-game losing streak once again. Hopefully, we can turn it around. I think this is going to be a good time for the Devils to get replenished, refueled, and rehydrated. Um, unfortunately, I don't really have much good news for you guys. Mackenzie Blackwood is still out indefinitely. They're going over treatments, and uh, quite honestly, it could be a very uh, good possibility that we might not see him for the rest of the year. Haven't confirmed that. I will save that for a future episode, maybe in tomorrow's episode, whatever the case might be. But uh, there, there's your update on Mackenzie Blackwood. This game gets the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was worse than the first game. It, it was an absolute crapshoot. It was an absolute disaster. It was horrendous. It was horrifying. I am running out of adjectives to describe this game and the overall stretch of games for the New Jersey Devils. They just show no effort. And you just knew the New Jersey Devils weren't going to win within the first uh, few minutes or so when they let up the first goal of the game. You just knew that the Devils just did not have the heart to fight back and possibly upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. I told you guys these last few stretch of games for the Devils, it was going to be a true test for them because we had to play the Maple Leafs twice. We had to play the Hurricanes. We had to play the Lightning. I said the only quote, quote, wins that maybe we could potentially get were maybe against the Kings and the Stars. We dropped both of them, and now we're on a six-game losing streak. I told you guys. Look, I don't mean to sound like a negative Nancy. I don't mean to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I told you guys it was going to be a rough stretch for the Devils. I even tweeted this out a few days ago. I said, hang in there, New Jersey faithful. It's only going to get worse, and boy, has it gotten worse. Now, obviously, there's some other factors that we need to consider in. Lindy Ruff is still away from the team uh, dealing with a personal matter. Unfortunately, his father passed away, like I mentioned in the previous episode. Also, Dougie Hamilton is still out. Uh, Nazardine revealed that uh, Dougie Hamilton was a no-go for uh, tonight's matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm just glad, and I think I speak for all Devils fans, I am so glad that we are entering a break right now because we desperately need it. But if I'm the Devils, if I really want to turn it around, which is highly unlikely at this point because we have no goalies, we have a very mediocre defense, and it seems like our only offensive uh, juggernaut is Hughes and Brought and they can only take us so far. We can't just keep relying on them to give us a point each game. Well, I mean, yes, we can, but at the same time, we need to help them. So, uh, yeah, it's just it, it's been an up up and down year for the Devils, and I don't know what else to say. But in today's episode, uh, I am joined by Michael DeStefano of Locked On Leafs. We did a crossover, we did a reaction episode, and a post game analysis of the overall game between the Devils and the Maple Leafs. Remember, this was a little bit of a two-game mini-series. It was back-to-back, so first we played on the road in Toronto, then the Maple Leafs came down the border to play us at the Rock. It was, uh, man, I thought playing in front of the home crowd would help the Devils a little bit. I thought going to the film room, whatever the case might be, just to uh, clean things up a little bit and learn how to close out a game. Uh, Forget about closing out a game. They need to learn how to start a game. It was it was that bad. So I'm glad that Michael and I did this crossover because I don't want to reminisce over this game alone. So without further ado, let's begin our crossover with Michael of Locked on Leafs. Welcome into the Locked on Leafs, Locked on Devils crossover with myself, Mike DiStefano from Locked on Leafs and Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. The Toronto Maple Leafs just absolutely trouncing New Jersey by a score of 7-1 to one tonight on night two of the back-to-back. Trey and I are going to talk about it. I think I might have a little bit more fun, but let's see. Trey, 7-1, your boys lost tonight after giving up uh, a two-goal lead last night. 
How you feeling in, in, in New Jersey? And what's the, the devil's perspective from tonight's game? Well, I think the main story for the New Jersey Devils is just all of the outside commotion going on. And what I mean by that is just that I don't think the New Jersey Devils have had a fair chance. What I mean by that is like, you know, it's just like, I don't think we're a bad team. We, we've just never been together. Like Dougie Hamilton has been out for an extended period of time. He's been out since early January because he uh, suffered a facial fracture after taking a puck to the face. Uh, Lindy Ruff is away for, from the team right now. So like these past two games against you guys, we didn't have our head coach because he is tending to the uh, a family matter because uh, his father unfortunately did pass away and our thoughts and heart go out to him and his family. So, you know, obviously you have that lingering in the organization. Side um, note, side note, side note, side note. Lindy Ruff's father. So Lindy Ruff's father passed away? Yes. God bless that man. He must be damn near 100 years old. Yep. God bless him. I'm sure he lived a happy, <laughs> happy life. Um, but yes, his his father passed away. So he is a uh, he is he was projected to just to miss this uh, Toronto Maple Leaf series. Obviously, now we got the All Star game approaching. So he'll he'll probably be back in our uh, next game against the Canadians or the Senators. I forget which team we're playing. But um, yeah, so. We have that lingering. So, yeah, like Lindy Ruff has been away from the team for a couple of days. And in fact, he missed practice a few days in a row uh, about a week or two ago because uh, they just said he was tending to a family matter. So I guess his father was on his deathbed and it was just a matter of time. But uh, beside that, um, you know, j- just and also Mackenzie Blackwood, we, we don't have any yeah. goalies. Mackenzie Blackwood is out because he re-aggravated his heel injury that he had to uh, get surgery on during the course of the offseason. Jonathan Bernier is out for the rest of the year uh, with hip surgery. So we've how been. Long's, how long is Blackwood expected to be out for for you guys? We have no clue. I, yeah, I have no clue. It's eh? just all I. It's indefinitely. All I know is he re-aggravated um, uh, the the heel that he had surgery on during the course of the offseason. So. Yeah. Uh, he actually missed the first month of the season because he wasn't ready to go from that heel. Um, that well, heel. let me tell you that, that that's gonna pose that's gonna be a problem for New Jersey because what I've seen over the last couple of nights, and and obviously you could tell me better after seeing the whole season, but I mean neither of these two goalies are are really NHL caliber goaltenders. We saw Schmid last night. He looked like a guy who was just a little bit overwhelmed going up against you know Matthews and Marner you and small certain talent. No idea he let I, up four goals on seven shots against the dallas stars uh like last week so <laughs> you are absolutely 100 right you said a mouthful yeah like it, it, and then tonight you look at it john gillies who i was surprised because i was actually taking a look when i was trying to break down this uh this game tonight i was like okay john gillies is gonna get the start looks like he's actually played decent in losing efforts to both carolina and tampa bay but you know, he was actually putting forth some pretty good effort. So I felt tonight maybe would be a, a good goalie duel, a bit of a, a low-scoring game in a way. Um, boy, was I wrong. Uh, apparently, John Gillies, uh, that guy couldn't make, like, a, a high-glove save to save his life. I mean, tonight, the Leafs were just just picking on that spot, literally just cherry-picking the top left corner up high-glove. And I think they scored, like, three, maybe four goals on him that way tonight like i i don't i don't know what what you guys are going to do if mackenzie blackwood's gone it seems like i know it's only halfway through the year but it looks like the the fight for right might be on for the new jersey devils the rest of the way after the all-star break i mean one thing i said in my show michael is that um i don't think we're going to be complete sellers but i do expect us to maybe move a few pieces and, you know, some of the names that came to mind are like that I said on my show, Andreas Janssen, um, P.K. Subban, um, Pavel Zaka, uh, Damon Severson, who we'll talk about a little later. So, uh, you know, those were some names that came to mind just because I don't think we need to gut the team per se, because we already have our centerpieces. We have Dougie Hamilton, Jack right. Hughes, and we're more likely than not going to extend Jesper Brat. But um Right now, I think we need to um, we need to focus on just cutting some players and just maybe getting a prospect or, or a draft pick or, or something, just just something. But for right now, we're kind of in a very unique situation because 
we were supposed to be much better than we were anticipated to um, do this season. But like I said, we've just had a string of bad luck. And this loss, I, I've, I don't, if I had a nickel for every time I've said this, probably our worst loss of the year because after the first few minutes of the game, you just knew the Devils weren't going to win. You just knew it. And I said in yesterday's show, like, if they wanted any chance to be in the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have to get back into the film room and see what they did wrong. Because uh, in in the last what game... Went wrong? What do you went wrong tonight? Like, if we circle back to tonight's game and we kind of pick it apart and analyze it, what do you think went so wrong for the Devils tonight? Just goaltending. Uh no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think uh, there's more, man. I think there's more to that game. To, to me, the, the, the Devils, they played really soft tonight. And, like, that's a terrible thing to say about a hockey team. But, like, when, when you play soft and you allow the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who their own coach called them soft not too long ago, and, and you know, they do are more of a skilled team than they are a rough and tough team. But when you get beat on almost every single loose puck battle, every single board battle, you're getting boxed out in front of your own goal. You're getting boxed out on the opposition's goal. You're not winning any net front battles. Like a night like that is kind of what I saw out of the New Jersey Devils. There were multiple, multiple turnovers that led to Toronto goals. I think it was more than just goaltending tonight. Just and all around, I thought the Devils just didn't, really play solid crisp hockey there was a lot of blunders a lot of turnovers and they just didn't seem to to be hard on pucks which i thought the maple Leafs did a really good job on that so i guess it's like a yin and a yang well you know one side's not playing hard so maybe that made the other side look like they were so hard on pucks but to me it just seemed like the maple Leafs were hungry on loose pucks winning board battles and able to get uh, get really good looks on goal and then at that point yes the goaltending <laughs> I think failed the, the devils tonight. Uh, you're right. Uh, in the giveaway uh, department, we actually led in that category. We had 10 to your guys six, but that's been the issue all year for the devils. And quite honestly, I'm tired of repeating myself. Like I try to find a new thing to talk about or to break down, but you basically are preaching to the choir, man, which is, you know, it's effort. Like I just expect some sort of effort. Like I just said moments ago, after the first few minutes of play, you knew the devils weren't going to win. And I think it goes back to also the last game when they were up 4-2 and they lose um, th they lose the game 6-4. They allow You guys scored four unanswered goals in the final period of regulation, albeit one of those uh, goals was an empty netter. Uh, Austin Matthews was able to get the hat trick. But um, by the way, I, I just want to say this, no relation to him whatsoever. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, the, the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, you can't, you, you, you can't teach effort. You either got it or you don't. And I'm just really hoping that this all-star break, like, albeit it's going to, it's going to be short, but you know, I'm hoping this all-star weekend gives the devils just that uh, mental cleanser that they need because um, after the, the extended Christmas break, they went out and won three straight games. Jack Hughes was able to put his name um, into the all-star ballot because he had 12 points in a five game stretch. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm just hoping that this like mental cleanser, because it's the same scenario, because prior to the Christmas break, we were on a six game losing streak. Prior to the all-star game now, we're on a six game losing streak. So it's just like, hopefully, yeah. we can, hopefully we could use this as a mental cleanser just to get back into it. Because the one thing is the Metropolitan Division is weak this year. Like, you know, or, or let me rephrase that. Let, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Let me, let me rephrase that. Okay, the top three and top four teams, pretty much a lock, but like, we were competing with the um, we were competing oh, with the, the Blue Jays and the Blue and the Jackets, Flyers. Right. So, you know, we were competing for that possible final wild card spot. At one point, we were just a few games behind the Bruins and the uh, Red Wings, who are also competing for that spot at the time. So, you know, and I was just like, we're like a cat. We have nine lives. Here we are on a however game losing streak. But yet the Flyers were on like a 13 game losing streak at one point. <clears throat> and. I'm just like, we're like a cat. We have nine lives. Like we should be out of this right by now, but somehow, some way we're only just a few points behind the blue jackets and the flyers and things of that nature. And I'm just like, you know, the metropolitan division is good, but at the same time, you know, other than like the hurricanes, the penguins, the Rangers, wh whatever the case might be, you know, it's still any, it was still anyone's game. And it still is anyone's game, not for the devils because we have too many issues to work out. But I was just like, we still have a chance. 
the, you know, and that's what I was just trying to preach on my show, which is don't give up quite yet. We still have a chance. We just need to turn it around at the right possible time. And after Christmas break, I thought we did turn it around. Unfortunately, we just got hit with so much bad luck. Like, you yeah. know, Jesper um, Brat had to go onto the COVID protocol. Dougie Hamilton gets injured. Um, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood gets hurt once again. And, you know, and we're also missing our best, uh, another category that we struggled in, uh, face-offs. Like we struggled in the face-offs, the, uh, the last game. And in, in this game, you guys 60. beat us once, once again, 55% to 45%. And we're missing one of our best uh, face-off players. And that's Mikey McLeod. And he, he unfortunately got into a fight a couple games ago, lost it badly, had to go back to the locker room. And he's been out ever since, I believe that was uh, the Dallas stars game as well. So. And, and I want to use that to talk to my audience here at locked on Leafs Cause there are a lot of, of leaf fans who think that this team isn't tough enough and, and there's not enough guys who are willing to drop the mitts. Sometimes when you don't have enough play, like, like really tough guys, like those Matt Martins, like the, uh, you know, the Ryan Reeves, the mean lawn, of the world, you know, those guys who are out there and they're, you know, somewhat goons, they're more skilled than the, the old goons. But at the end of the day, you want guys, there was a lot of Leaf fans that want like fights almost every night. At least they'll have those guys. So you're going to run into a situation where you have one of your skilled players like, oh, Marner, you should drop the mitts, or Matthew should drop the mitts. He's a big guy. That guy breaks his hand. He's out for six weeks. How's that going to help you? So I just want to take take this as a learning experience from the Devils where one of their young, good players in Michael McLeod got into a fight, injured himself, and is now out for a couple of games, and it's hindering their team. Leaf fans? be careful what you wish for. Cause if you do want Matthews to drop the mitts and then he breaks his hand, that's going to be a tough, tough back half of the season with that guy with a broken hand. And here's the thing. Mikey McLeod is by no means one of our best players, but he is definitely important. He's important on that energy line because he and Nathan Bashan, they're like super buddies. They like click. And I, I really wish miles Wood was, uh, was able to play a game this year because he brings that uh, energy line together. He's like the glue. Unfortunately, uh, he got hurt in preseason, and I would be stunned if uh, Miles Wood appears this season. But overall, um, you know, it's just like you're you're absolutely right. And the worst part of it was Mikey McLeod was just trying to stick up for one of his teammates. No, that that's what I mean. Like a lot of times, like I got a text from my uncle today after uh, Bunting took the cross check call. Like Severson just hammered. It was egregious, by the way. But Severson took that cross check into Michael Bunting, and there wasn't really much. You know, no one really stood up for him, I guess you could say. And my uncle texts me, he's like, see, this is the type of stuff that I hate. Like, somebody should have went up to him and dropped the mitts and fought him, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and then what? Like, who's out on the ice? Mitch Marner? You want Marner to fight Severson? You want Matthews to fight Severson? Like, that's just not going to happen. And all the time, I, I, I get these texts or I get these messages from, like, the old school fan that still wants to see you know, this rough stuff, fighting in the game, sticking up for your teammates in, in that kind of way. And it's just a, a better way to do that is on the scoreboard. And that's how I thought that the Maple Leafs certainly got back at the Devils tonight. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, uh, I'll kind of go through my views on tonight's game from a Maple Leafs perspective, because this was a pretty important game for Toronto. For, for, for New Jersey, I know they wanted to break a slump, and it was kind of the last game before the All-Star break. Same thing with Toronto, but there was a, a concerning slump from the goaltending perspective that they wanted to correct tonight. Tonight meant a lot to the team, to the goalie, and I'll explain all that when we return. Uh, but first, Here's a word from our show sponsor. Don't worry, there's still more to talk about with Michael of Locked On Lease, but it is time for live reads. So the first live read this morning comes from our friends at betonline.net. They have changed their web address, just giving you an FYI. So BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game, Super Bowl Sunday, in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. And don't forget, the NASCAR uh, race, the big one, the Daytona 500, is also in a couple weeks. So just putting that out there for any of my racing fans. I'm a big racing fan, so I'm going to put on a bet. I'm going to predict Bubba Wallace, but just putting that out there. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. Make sure you visit our friends at Locked on Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Please remember to gamble 
responsibly. And now, the second live read, and it's been a while since I've done this live read. Let's see if I still got it. It comes from our friends at rockauto.com. That's right, one of our OG sponsors. So, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain all-parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pockets. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving doing yourself for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto part needs today. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Man, I, I miss doing this live read. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, everybody. Okay, let's get back to Michael of Locked On Leads for this awesome crossover. Well, awesome for him, kind of torment for me, but either way, you get it. Let's get back to Michael, everybody. Welcome back into the Locked On Leaves, Locked On Devils crossover podcast. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leaves. Along me, I, alongside myself, I got Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils Toronto with a 7-1 win over New Jersey uh, tonight. And I'm going to explain to you, Trey, why tonight was so big for Toronto. Uh, obviously, in Monday's game, Jack Campbell gets a start. He gets yanked in the first period, gave up three goals on nine shots. It, you know, it was Sheldon Keefe, the, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, came out and said afterwards, look, it was more so a shot at the team than it was to Jack and his play. The team left him out to dry. And although that's true, you know, there was some – pretty egregious defensive errors and they allowed way too many grade a chances in that first period on Monday. And to me, Jack Campbell also allowed a couple of softies. There's a couple of ones that I think he should have had that he didn't have. I think the expected goals on him was like 0.86 and he allowed three. So, you know, you can look at the numbers, the analytics and clearly see that he allowed more than he should have. And when it comes to Campbell, there was a, a decision all day. We didn't find out until like 4 o'clock, 4.30, who the starting goaltender was going to be. Originally, last Friday, it was expected to be Peter Morazic. And then after last night, Sheldon Keefe said, I'm now going to talk to the goalies. We'll figure it out. I have an answer for you tomorrow afternoon. It came out that it was Jack Campbell. And I think that was the right call. Obviously, he came out and had a really good night. But you could tell, and and you could probably tell this as well, just how inspired the team was to play in front of him. Like you look at all the loose puck battles that they were winning. And for me, even one of the plays that's really stood out to me on a defensive effort, um, Austin Matthews, I think it was in an, an expiring penalty. It was an expiring five on three that Toronto had. I don't recall who came out of the box, but Matthews back checked his ass all the way down the ice to take that man out of the play and make sure that he did not have a breakaway on Jack Campbell and, and Campbell didn't have to get kind of left out to left out the dry and ultimately only had four high danger chances against tonight made 32 of 33 stops. Um, the average shot distance was 30 uh, was 34 feet today as opposed to 27 feet from last night. So allowed didn't allow the Devils to kind of get into the gritty area, into the slot, kept everything to the outside. I thought that the Maple Leafs played exceptionally well for Jack Campbell tonight. And that's not even talking about the four-point night that Mitch Marner had. Ben Matthews and Bunting with a goal and an assist each. He had Spezza score in his second straight game. Pierre Engvall got another goal. It was an all-around really good effort outside of, I would say, that second line, like Nylander, Tavares, and Kerfoot. Somehow, in a 7-1 victory, all three of them, a minus one. Now, plus minus isn't the best stat, but when you're minus one in a 7-1 victory, it's a little, it's a little, you know, question mark. You're like, huh, it, it kind of, you know, perks your ears a little bit. So to me, I, 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 I liked the Leafs game. They played to a full 60 minute effort and it was, it was what they needed to, to give Jack Campbell that confidence. This is a goaltender who I'm sure you, you've, have you been keeping an eye on what's been going on? with Jack around the league because he was putting up Vezina numbers in the first half of the season. Um, Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but, like, mainly it's just, like, 
you want any chance we could get Jack Campbell off your hands or is that? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But like, this is a guy, like I said, put up best in numbers the first half of the season, but his last six games, he's had like a, like a, uh, an eight, 30 save percentage or an 870 save percentage and i think it was like a 430 goals against the average like having a brutal brutal stretch here uh of january and hasn't been able to get into a rhythm and then last night was kind of the tipping point getting yanked and then i felt that it was a good call to put him in uh he played well tonight i thought he made a couple of big stops there's that one stop on the five on three that he did make uh, kind of made it with his blocker save thought that was his best stop of the night but jack campbell i thought Played really, really well, but more so the team in front of him really buckled down and played well for him as a defensive unit. So that's how I kind of saw it from a Maple Leafs perspective tonight. Um, they were able to pick up the full two points and kind of on the opposite end of the, the New Jersey Devils, you got the Maple Leafs rolling into All-Star Weekend with on a five-game win streak. Yeah, okay, so I had the these two games circled actually for a minute because here's what I've been saying on my show the last couple of weeks. I said these next few stretches of games for the New Jersey Devils is going to be one of the toughest all season because here's the thing. We had to play you guys. We had to play the Carolina Hurricanes, I believe, twice. We had to play you guys twice. Then we had to play the Stars. We have to play the Kings. And I was just like – Tampa, too. Yeah, I, I was just like, okay, the Kings and Stars, if, if the Devils had any chances of winning, it was against those two teams because I was just like – yeah, I don't think we're going to beat the uh, Hurricanes. We, we, we beat them seven to four. Uh, but then, you know, we lost two to one. Uh, and then here come you guys. And I'm, I was very concerned because you guys only have what, like 10 losses the entire year? One of yeah. the top teams in the NHL. I was just like, uh, okay. Uh, I'm a little concerned about that. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning game uh, as well. So it, it, it's just been a very difficult game of stretches for the New Jersey Devils. And um, I, I was just like, look, we need to get these gimme. It's why I was so upset when we lost the Arizona Coyotes. Cause I'm just like, you have to win that game because it's not going to get any easier. Oh, you, oh, 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 that's right. That's right. You guys also lost to them too. Oh, uh, I remember yes, we that. Did. Corel Vamelka absolutely stood on his head, had, uh, I think it was like a, the Leafs had like a expected goals of like 5.6 and only got one. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was <laughs> uh, an outstanding performance out of them. So I trust me when it comes to dropping points, the Arizona Coyotes know all about that over here uh, for Leafs Nation. Know all about that. I got a question for you, though, and I always like to ask uh, kind of out of towners this question whenever they, they play the Maple Leafs and they get to watch the Leafs. Is there something that you weren't? that you didn't know about this team going into this home and home that you're coming away saying like, huh, I didn't realize they were so good at this, or I didn't realize this player was good, or that's interesting. Like what type of new information as uh, as an observer from the outside, do you now have of the Maple Leafs? They just played together as a team. And also I forgot how good uh, Austin Matthews was because I don't think we, we didn't, we didn't play you guys at all last year because we, no. yeah, we didn't, we didn't play any Canadian teams last year. So it's just like, um, yeah, I forgot how good Austin Matthews was. And I, and I even said it on my show, I was just like, here's the thing, Toronto Maple Leafs, they're going to capitalize on every minuscule mistake we make. And boy, did they do that because you guys scored four goals in one period, like um, for game one. And then you do the same thing in this game too. Like you guys ended up winning seven to one. And it's just like, look, it, I guess the first game of two of this mini series, I guess um, game one was the best example of just capitalizing on every little mistake we make, because it, I don't, rem- I don't think you, I'm not sure if you remember this or not, but there was a two on one. Uh, oh, oh I remember it well. Damon Stevenson let up just a little too early. And I was just like, why would you let up? that much early like i don't even know what he was i don't know what he was doing you just gave you just gave schmid a two nothing deficit to work with you you got you got two players coming at him now at the last possible second now the Leafs are at your mercy like i would have like if david severson stuck to one of those players like either try to stop the shot or try to stop the pass he didn't do either he just let up at the last possible second i'm just like maple Leafs are going to capitalize on that 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, he took the pass away. He was trying to take the pass away, right? But then he lost track of where the guy was. Ilya McKayev lost track of where he was, and he blew right past him. Next thing you know, Damon Severson's kind of staring up ice with a stick pointing towards the opposition's goal. Meanwhile, McKayev's behind him. And it was just an easy little float over backdoor tap-in for Ilya McKayev. And Severson turns around, and he's like, where'd you go? Thought you were over here. It's like, nah, dude. I zoomed right past you. Thanks for the goal. <laughs> like that's literally, and that was the game winner too. That's what made it so brutal. I think is the fact that that was a game winner. Even tonight, like you look at tonight's game. I, I mean, he got picked on quite a bit throughout this series. I, I got to be honest with you. When for for the crowd that's looking to trade for Damon Severson, and, and and we'll get to this. Actually, you know what? Why don't we take a quick break? When we get back into it, we'll talk about Damon Severson's series as a whole, and then discuss if there's. You know, what the Damon Severson trade would look like, because there's a lot of Lee fans who have him on their trade deadline wish list. And I'm curious from a devil's perspective, A, if there's interest in trading him, he does have term. Uh, he's got he's under contract for next season and B, what it would take to get this guy off of the hands of the New Jersey Devils. So why don't we get to that uh, when we return here on the Locked on Leafs, Locked on Devils crossover podcast. Hey folks, welcome back into the Locked on Leafs, Locked on Devils crossover show. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Leafs. Alongside me, I've got Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils. And just a reminder that uh, all of our Locked on shows are daily, Monday to Friday. You can check them out and download and subscribe to them wherever you get your podcasts. Make the Locked On shows part of your daily listening routine. Uh, just as we were talking about before we went to break there, Damon Severson, a couple of tough, tough games for that guy. We already spoke about Ilya McKayev, the play, the game winner from Monday night, allowing McKayev to get past him. But there was another egregious play tonight, a turnover. Austin Matthews just picks his pocket behind the net, says, oh, thank you for the Puck, sir, gets it over to, to uh, Mitch Marner, goes backhand, forehand, into the back of the net. And, uh, yeah, didn't look too good. And then also took that egregious cross-checking penalty as well to Michael Bunting. So not a, a particularly good couple of games for the fan base who was looking to add Damon Severson to the uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, if you, if you saw what he did over the last couple of games, I think most Toronto fans are like, uh... I don't know. That doesn't seem like a guy who we want to attach ourselves to. But I'm curious, though, because, Trey, you're a guy who gets to watch him on a nightly basis. We've only seen him unless, you know, some other guys are, are you know watching a lot of hockey and watching some Devils games. I'm sure there are some listeners out there that try and watch as much hockey as possible. But you watch every single New Jersey Devils game. They played 42 of them. And you've been watching him for the last few seasons as Damon Severson has blossomed into the, the player that he is. So as a guy who gets to watch him on a daily basis, what does he bring to the lineup on a, a you know, a, a, every single night, you know, besides these last two games, I'm sure that's not quite indicative of the play that Damon Severson can give you. So if you had to give me a bit of a scattering report and, and what Damon Severson's all about, what he could bring to a, a lineup, what would that be? Okay, so here's the thing. Damon Severson can be somewhat of a bonehead. I, I think all Maple Leafs fans saw in this two-game series, but I want to go back a couple months. Uh, he got three penalties in one period against the LA Kings earlier, uh, or, well, I guess technically this is last year now, but, like, earlier this hockey season. Yeah. He almost costed us the game. Thank the Lord, Pavel Zaka was able to get the game-tying goal and set it in OT, and it kind of exonerated what uh, Damon Severson did in a period. So he could be a bit of a bonehead and his plus minus is not really the best. His career plus minus is uh, negative 128. So uh, he has never had a season where he, he's been on the rink and he's like had a, a season of like plus something. It's always negative. So there's a thing right there. But another thing I want to say is that he provides- To be fair about that stat. To be fair about that stat, the devils haven't been very good exactly. since he's been there. Exactly. So he's been on the ice for a lot of goals because well, there's a lot of goals against when right. you no longer have Marty Brodeur stopping pucks. Oh, oh you, you make this painful. Now you are absolutely right. And that did lead to my next point, which is like now maybe a change of scenery can help Damon Severson, a new system. But the one thing 
I've talked about this on my show before, Michael. You're right. Damon Severson does have this year, and he also has next year. And if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, maybe I put out a few feelers, but I don't think I'm serious about trading Damon Severson until come next year. Because like I said at the beginning of the show, the Devils are just, it's not like, look, the Devils are a bad team. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. But at the same time, you know, let's think about some of the other narratives that don't play in their, into their favor. They're missing one of their best players. They've been missing him since the beginning of uh, January. Um, you know, Lindy Ruff has, you know, uh, the death of his father lingering in his mind. And, you know, obviously the organization has that in mind as well. Um, you know, Jesper Brat had to miss a few games due to COVID. And so many other players like Sharon Govid, Zaka, I, I could go on. And I get it. I get it. I get it. You're, you're, you're a Canadian team. You, you, you're probably, I'm probably like the last team or you, you don't want to hear from any American team saying, I uh, know I don't want to hear anything about COVID because I know you guys have had a struggle this year in terms of postponing games. So I get it. I get it. You, you have no sympathy for me in that regards. I'm just putting out the facts right now. And, saying, you know, we haven't been able to go to a game since Christmas, like since before Christmas, haven't been able to go to a game, let alone care, worry about uh, the, the players missing it. We fans haven't been able to go. It's been, it's been crazy, but hopefully that's uh, you don't want to hear any, you don't want to hear any American teams complaining about games, COVID players, wherever the case might be. I get that. So I, I you probably don't care about that, but another thing is our goalie situation. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's just been so many factors that have not played into the favor of the Devils this season. So, like I said, do we gut the team? I don't really think so. And I think Damon Severson is just a guy you keep for right now. And if we're in the same position, like if we're showing no signs of improvement, his value might go down. But maybe then you try to see what you could get for Damon Severson, quite honestly. But is he somebody who, like, is a future piece for this devil's team i mean i think new jersey's probably still at least a, a good four or five years away from blossoming into a stanley cup contender by that point severson will be well into his 30s it's even going to be a valuable piece like i almost feel like you the, the devils would be better off kind of moving on from him and getting uh you know a, a, either a draft pick or a prospect that is more indicative of the timeline for where the devils are expected to have success you're absolutely right. And like, look, we're not even thinking about the Stanley Cup, but we are thinking about the Stanley Cup playoffs because I said at the beginning of the season, all goes well for the Devils. They could be a dark horse team. They could be a team that could compete for, you know, a wild card spot. And would they go far? No. But at the same time, that's so much improvement in just a year. And I think, you know, getting Dougie Hamilton cer certainly helps us signing Jack Hughes long term. And this is where I'm confused. This is where I'm conflicted because you're absolutely right. We're five years removed or more from winning the Stanley Cup finals. But at the same time, it's just like, I feel like we've been making so much improvement and our defense is not that good. Like we have Dougie Hamilton, we have Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, you might not even notice him, but at the same time, you just love his true impact. Yeah, he's, a, he's actually a sneaky good defenseman. He's starting to grow on me, and, and his, his, he's an analytics darling as well. Like when I'm looking and I'm trying to see like suppression numbers and, and good metrics, and I keep seeing Jonas Siegenthaler's name pop up, and I'm like, really? That's that's interesting. Okay. So Siegenthaler is a, a decent player that I've kind of had my eye on. He is somebody who's more in the line of like that five-year projection for success. So I don't expect – then to move on from Siegenthaler, but I think right. Severson would be someone who they would. And if they, but if let's, let's say that they, they would be interested in moving on from him okay. or maybe not. Like, what do you think would be like, what type of return would Tom Fitzgerald be looking for, for Severson? Like okay. what would okay. be the, the what reason why he says, okay, now's the time. This is enough. I think to make this deal, it's worth it. Shake hands. Like what, what would it take? Okay. So you guys are obviously a playoff team. You're, not rebuilding. So I think if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, I'm going to do something similar to what I did last year, which is I try to talk the Islanders into giving me a first round pick because we traded away Kyle Paul Mary and Travis Ajak for the likes of, you know, just a couple prospects that only have a cup of coffee in the NHL. Nothing really spectacular. Like uh, we got Yobbs and we got uh, Greer out of that. And then you know, we got a first round pick that ended up being coming Chase Stillman late in the first round. It was late in the first round, but a first round pick is a first round pick. So I think 
if you want Damon Severson, especially since he's under contract for this season and next season, and he's one of our better offensive defensemen, like this season, he has 21 points. He has six goals and 15 assists. And a lot of people don't know this, but uh, he's actually on pace to top his career high in points this season because his best points um, season was 39. And that was a couple of years ago. He has 21 uh, currently through halfway through. So he's on pace to top his career high. Um, you know, could, could he get, could he, you know, get the assist? Could he get the goals? I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to take, but at the same time, he, he is on that pace sneak. He, it's sneaky. Like you don't really notice it. You don't really talk about it. I haven't been talking about it, but I just realized that, you know, he's on pace to get his career high. So I think if I am trying to pitch you Damon Severson, I'm like, look, you're a playoff team. You're not going to the lottery. You're, you're, you're probably not relying on draft picks all that much can you give me a first round draft pick and maybe a mediocre prospect? Is that, you know, or, you know, just a mid-level prospect. I'm not asking for Lilligren. I'm not asking for that, but you know, maybe can you give me a first round pick? Yeah. And I don't think that's a, that's an egregious ask by, by any stretch of the imagination, like a B prospect and in a first round pick, I think makes probably the most sense in a trade for Damon Severson. I think the issue that like some people have is, this is someone who the Leafs are looking for like a specific player. They're looking for somebody who you can stick next to Jake Muzzin as a, a second pairing, right shot, shutdown defender. I'm just not sold that Severson is the guy for that role. Like, could you see him excelling in a role like that? It's really tough because, you know, like I said, um, he has been one of our top guys. He's one of our leaders on our team, one of our captains, but at the same time, the standards here in New Jersey is completely different in Toronto. So I think I can see it. I, I, I like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here. Uh, I think Damon Severson, if you put him in the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you put him in a winning program, if you put him in a great defensive scheme, like you said, because I said, uh, his entire career, it's been negative in terms of plus minus. You put him with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team like we just saw you guys. You guys are a scoring machine. Yeah, Mitchell Marner like extended his like what point streak or goal streak or something like that. Yeah, Austin Matthews is great. Seven in a row. There we go. Austin Matthews hat trick. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know, if he gets that offensive support, then maybe it takes the burden off him a little bit. Because the thing about Damon Severson is that I was talking about this at the beginning of the season, he's one of our top four defensemen. Right. And, you know, obviously we, we've just been in a very unique situation um, because, you know, we, we have this duo of Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves. And I don't know if you know this about Ryan Graves. He actually led the league in plus minus just a few years ago uh, and also defensive shares, but no one really talks about that. And w- what did it take to, um, to get uh, Ryan Graves, Nicole Maltzev, you know, from the Colorado Avalanche because they would have had to expose him in the expansion draft. Right. So my thing is, is like Tom Fitzgerald is smart. He knows what he's doing. He sees long-term and, and you know, Ryan Graves is a long-term solution for us. We're going to sign, we're going to extend him. So my thing is, is like, I think you should take a risk on Damon Severson because, because I think Damon Severson can uh, give you that offensive spark. And also can he be a shutdown defenseman? I don't really, you know, see it like. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like even, you know, like I've seen him in the past and like, he's okay. He's fine. But then I, I watch him this, these past couple of games and the shine has come off a little bit on, on Damon Severson. Like, you know, like, and I know it's, it's an extremely small sample size and it's not fair to criticize him after, off of just these two viewings. But well, him all just, he, he makes boneheaded moves sometimes. I know. And the Leafs have been down that road multiple times. I mean, Jake Gardner is a guy who was a similar thing. He's a guy who put up 50 points one year, but one game he's putting up three points and he's you know making these unreal outlet passes, stretch passes. He's going coast to coast, jumping into the rush. And then the next game he's coughing up pucks left, right, and center. And he's a dash four at the end of the night. You know, like we had that type of player and, you know, in the top four. And I just, I, I, I 
I don't know, David Seamerson, for me, I don't know if that is the player that I personally would want the Leafs to go after, but I know that he's a guy who a lot of Maple Leafs fans are interested in and has been talked about throughout Maple Leafs, uh, throughout Leafs Nation. So I thought, let's have that conversation. And a first-round pick it probably is about a, an appropriate, I would say, return for a top-four defenseman who's going to log like who can log 25, 26 minutes and playing your top four. He can add to the power play if need be. Um, he can kill penalties as well if need be. And he's under contract for next season as well. So you get two playoff runs out of this guy. So I think the return makes sense. I just don't know if that's the piece that the Maple Leafs need to put them over the top to put them into Stanley Cup contention. That's my that's that's my personal viewpoint on the whole Severson thing. But I think it's a worthy conversation to have. And I thought you were the best person to have that discussion with because you see him play on a nightly basis. Yeah, I see him play. And I, I think for him, it's just like he's as I like to describe Andreas Johnson, one of your former players. Had a pretty while. good season. Pretty good season, I think, for y'all. Yeah, pretty good season. But here's the thing. Similar to Andreas Johnson, he's a wild card. It's one of the reasons why I think, look, Andreas Johnson having a great season, but I think we should consider trading him just because he's a wild card player. Who's to say he's going to have the same season that he's having this year, um, next year? Because last year he had like his worst season ever. Like at one point we had, I think he was a healthy scratch for a couple games. And it's just like he, he didn't fit in anywhere. But this season he got off to a pretty good start. But Last few games, or you know, you guys saw him get a goal during this uh, during the series. But I, I said prior to the series, Andreas Johnson hasn't really done much outside of our seven four win against Carolina like a couple weeks ago. So right. it's just like it's just like trade him now while his value is high. So for Damon Severson, what I was going with this is like he's a wild card player. You don't you know are you going to get boneheaded, Damon Severson, who's getting you penalties, costing your team the game, or are you going to get? Uh, good Damon Severson where he's contributing, he's, uh, you know, being a leader for your team and giving you the points that you need out of your blue line. So my thing is, is like the, the, my best pitch for you is that he's a wild card, but maybe if you put him in a good position, like a playoff team, a team that is trying to get out of the first round, the, sorry, they had to throw that in there. But, um, you know, a, a team that's trying to, you know, get back to the Stanley Cup finals, trying to win, uh, you know, in God knows how long. And just maybe if you put him in that um, system and give him a chance, you might get good Damon Severson consistently, quite honestly, because, look, our defense is not good. It's just it's just flat out not good. Like, you know, I love Dougie Hamilton. I love Ryan Graves. But, you know, Ryan Graves can't lead our blue line night in and night out because, you know, he doesn't have in terms of his contribution, it's just, I call Ryan Graves a silent but deadly ninja. And unfortunately that can't, you know, his kind of impact can't lead a team. He needs someone like Dougie Hamilton to help him out. Right. And it's, it's just, or PK Subban. Subban, I, I say is like, I would want Subban back on my team, but for a much cheaper deal, because if you tell me that I have a former Norris trophy winner on my bottom four defense, I will take that seven days uh, on, on the week and twice on Sundays. So yeah, he's our, our defense is we, we've been rotating our bottom four defense. Um, so take a risk on David Severson. I, 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 but at the same time, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, I'm holding on to him for this season and then maybe training him next season if we don't show any signs of improvement. Yeah, just take a little quick look at some of uh Severson's like peripheral numbers here 45 hits on the year, 56 blocks, 30 giveaways. 30 giveaways on the season. Like I said, bonehead. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's not what uh, – I don't know if that's what Leafs Nation really wants. It's fun in theory. It's good in theory. He's a guy who you do consider a top four right shot defenseman, but is he the right fit for Toronto? That's the question that I have for Leafs Nation. My answer, my opinion is I think there's a better option out there. But that's – for another conversation that's for another podcast uh trey was a blast chatting with you buddy and uh enjoy the the week enjoy the all-star break and hope uh for some for some happier times for for the devils after the all-star break watch eight six uh representing the metropolitan division and also the devil's organization plus 
his running mate, Jesper Brock, should have been an all-star. You should have given him the uh, last chance voting. I don't know what you guys were thinking. Oh, is is that the case? Yeah. He deserved to be in there over who ended up making the last uh, the last ballot. Jake Gensel, no? I, I believe so. But here's the thing. Jack, <laughs> Jack Hughes doesn't have the season he's having without Jesper Brock. I'm, it's, it's a fact. Yeah. Hey, man, like, Jesper Brock's having a pretty good year, pretty good season. Top uh, career high already, and we're just halfway through the season. That's a six-round pick right there, too. Six-round pick coming up big for uh, for the Devils. All right, I think uh, we'll leave it there. Trey, really appreciate the chat. It was fun. And uh, for all y'all at uh, – well, for, for my subscribers at Lockdown Leafs, where can they find you and your work? Okay, so you can find my Twitter page at uh, TreyMatt4, so T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T, the number four. And then uh, you can follow my show wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, wherever the case might be. Uh, Twitter is at Locked on Devils. Michael, I'm going to ask you the same question, my man. Yeah, you can find my personal Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. All right, buddy, that's uh, that was a blast. It was fun. And good luck to your Devils the rest of the way. We're going to need it. Thank you. And best of luck in the playoffs for you guys. Once again, thank you to Michael of Locked on Leafs for taking the time uh, to do this crossover. We broke down the past two games between the Maple Leafs and the Devils, gave our post-game reaction and analysis, and he was happy about it. I wasn't too happy. So like I told you guys, these last few stretches of games for the Devils, it was going to be a tough one for them because we had the Maple Leafs twice. We had the Hurricanes. We had the Lightning. I said these quote-unquote gimme wins were supposed to be against the Stars or the Kings because I said I don't think we're going to beat the Hurricanes. I don't think we're going to beat the Lightning. I don't think we're going to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. And lo and behold, I was correct. And I even said it was going to be a challenge between the Kings and the Stars just because even though they're not the best teams in the NHL, they are certainly better than us. So lo and behold, I was correct. And I did not want to be correct. So we are on a six-game losing streak. It's frustrating. But at the same time, there's always light at the end of uh, every dark tunnel. But for right now, we're, we're in a dark spot right now. So like I told you guys, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. But I am so glad that we are entering the All-Star break now. So uh, as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And like I said, maybe we could get back into the win column after All-Star break because we got the uh, Senators. We also got the Canadians. So hopefully we can win against those two uh, teams. So hopefully nothing is a guarantee with the Devils organization. So like I said, thanks for listening to this episode and I will catch you guys in the next one.